baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. So glad you're along with us today. We got Bo Matthews back in the chair and uh, Carl Middleman with us this morning. How Here's are you? some Sammy Hagar for you, Mark. Appreciate that. That always makes me feel good. I'm going to see him in August. Again? <laughs> Bo, you sound like my wife. Do we do? We, <laughs> how different is the show going to be, Mark? It, I don't my want goodness. it to be different. Wow, it I sounds d- like someone's <laughs> in my head. I don't want it to be different, and I don't want him to come out and play any new music. I I just want him to play the songs that I love, so I can sing along with him. And I want him and to if play he does a lot play of new Van music, Halen. If he does play new music, that's when you go get a beer. Um, so he's not a guy that sits down much. I'm I'm guessing. Oh, of course, they never sit down. They they uh, they don't dance around the way they used to, but they don't sit down and sing or sit down and play guitar. Bob Seger pretty much rolled out in a wheelchair and just sat through his whole show. <laughs> well, that's yeah, because but he's he not was Sammy Ill. Hagar. <laughs> okay, well. So so anyway, uh, uh, speaking of which, my friend, while you were gone, uh, I got to go see Motley Crue and Def Leppard and and Joan Jett and Poison. Poison. It was oh. awesome, dude. And and here's the thing. Several of them, I believe Def Leppard specifically, had put together a new album during the pandemic in the, in the preceding two years between the Bush Stadium tour when it was booked and when it actually happened, yeah. which was which was on my, my birthday on July 5th. And um, thought I'd throw that out there in case anybody wants to send a late present. Um, anyway, it was it was it was great. But several of them had and came out and announced, "Hey, we got a new album out. We're going to play something from Boo. from that." And they didn't, nobody booed, but all of a sudden the lines to the to the beer got long. Like everybody got up and went and got a beer while they're playing the new music. Not that it sounded bad. We were just all looking for the hits that we could sing along with, right? Uh, yeah, and I was watching from afar. I was in uh, upstate New York on a mountaintop. And I was seeing my Facebook feed of all these people. And wasn't it like 105 degrees or something like that? <laughs> That's why I didn't go. It was warm. It was warm. Fortunately, uh, my family surprised me with seats. And they were right behind the green seats behind home plate at Bush Stadium. Nice. So it was in the shade from the very beginning. For We got there at 430 when Joan Jett started about 440. She was in the bright sunshine. She was up there joking about having to drink Pedialyte. Um, but besides that, it, it was it, sure. it was it was it was tolerable because we had cold beer and cold water and it was fine. Yeah. Was it a packed house though? Was it packed? It was pretty good. So I, by by the time um, Def Leppard came on, it it was pretty packed. I mean, the field was clearly packed, and that's where it would have been miserable because those people were standing up the whole time, and they were the really the last ones to get out of the sh- out of the uh, sunshine. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, but yeah. but it filled in nicely. The upper decks, the the lower bowl. Uh, really, there were a lot of people there. I don't know what the final numbers were, but it was pretty awesome. I, I do love the shows there. I saw the Eagles many years ago. Uh, that was fantastic, and it looked like it was a pretty packed house. But that's the only show I've been uh, at Bush Stadium. But thanks, Bush Stadium, for bringing in big talent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I was glad they did. I was glad I got to go. It was, it was a it was a very nice surprise for sure. Sort of like my my honor flight I got to take this past week, Bo. It That's was... cool. You you know you uh, Mark. Uh, can we talk about what you're doing on the afternoon of the taping of this show, or should we not like jinx it? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be able to talk about that more next week. But I, I get to go over to Worldwide Technology Raceway and 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 do some laps with some of these uh, drivers. Uh, in these drift cars and the, awesome. apparently they're like a thousand horsepower so i'm looking forward <laughs> to that and part of that is being uh, my, my friends at bomberito who are the sponsors of my show um have helped bring nascar and all these big races back they got the big Heck bomberito yeah. 500 coming up august 19th and 20th which you can still get tickets to that you talk about a, a hell of an event if you if you haven't had a chance to get over there for that uh, people need to go check it out have you done this before, or have you been able to fly with the Blue Angels? Because every time the air show comes in and they're, like, putting press in the in the pasture seat, I'm like, what the heck? I never got that call. They picked the wrong Mark. They picked Mark Reardon, <laughs> right? Uh, Reardon oh. got to go and then threw up twice. Um, <laughs> and I was over there that day before he went up, and he was feeling kind of nervous about it. And I'm like, well, if you don't want to go, I'll do it. And he's like, heck yeah. he's like, dude, you don't understand. They started planning this months ago, and I had to go to a doctor and get a physical and and prove and sign all these documents that that I was in good health before they would let me go up. So I told him, if that opportunity ever presents itself, I want to take a ride with the Blue Angels. How often would you get that opportunity, particularly after seeing Top Gun Maverick? I, I want to fly yeah. in an F-18. Yeah, I, I had an opportunity like that in the uh, uh, the race boats. They had a two-seater out of Creefcore Lake uh, many years ago, and I got to get in there. I think I think Channel 4 was like filming it or something like that, and I'll never forget that because I'm so tall and those cockpits are so small, the, the, the canopy came down and hit me in the helmet, and they couldn't get it down, and I was like, I guess I can't go. And the guy goes, oh, hold on just a second, and he pushes down and – scrunches my my neck down three inches and it was great <laughs> talk to me goose yeah right uh yeah. and, and uh, have you ever flown in a blimp i have not i've flown in a hot air balloon but never a blimp uh yeah i've done the hot air balloon i'll never do that again no steering wheel <laughs> no brakes uh-uh uh, but the, the, where you go yeah exactly the blimp though the, I, I did ride in the goodyear blimp when it was in town many years ago and then the sprint had their own blimp and that's great outdoor fun. I'll bet uh, it is. It's, it's awesome. The, but I agree with you 100% on the hot air balloon, and I hope I don't offend anybody who's a hot air ballooner. I bungeed out of one. I got to go once. What? Yeah. This went, in the early 90s when bungeeing was a thing, I went up yeah. in the hot air. At least that one was tethered. It wasn't like it was going anywhere. How but high then, was it? It was high enough that I could not touch the ground when I jumped I out hope. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, make sure it's high enough. Yes, uh, uh, we went we went up one time for the before the Forest Park balloon race. They let the media go up yeah. years ago, and it was a very hot day, and there was no wind. So we went straight Nowhere. up and floated, and went up maybe two hundred yards, and they had to come back down, uh, and it just was not a very enjoyable experience. Had there been some wind, I think that would have been a lot more fun. 
And instead, uh, every time they would hit the flame, you felt like you were getting a third-degree burn mm-hmm. on the back of your neck because you couldn't get far enough away from it, and there was no wind. So, I, I, Yeah, I did that too one time, and I'm not going to name the, uh, the, the, the pilot, but we're literally in a hot air balloon floating across the Merrimack, and they said, oh, the flow of the water actually moves the balloon. And I look over my shoulder, and I said, are those power lines? And now this is the person, <laughs> and it was, and all of a sudden, <laughs> And uh, we got up over that, and then we tipped over when we landed. I'm like, I'm done with this. I can't do it. <laughs> That's anyway. great. That's great. Well, you know, there was some a uh, lot of news this week uh, dealing with the Second yeah. Amendment specifically. And uh, Mayor Tashara Jones from, uh, you know, one of the murder capitals of the world here in, in, the, in the city, per capita anyway, flew to Washington, D.C. to herald the signing of this new gun law, which will do nothing to stop crime in the city of St. Louis or anywhere else, it was completely a dog and pony show. Uh, Bo, we're going to get to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's concerning because if you, if you know, a simple Google search mark on uh, countries that have lost their right to uh, to bear arms, uh, Venezuela comes to mind first of all. Look at that. Google that kind of thing uh, where countries have lost the right to have their own firearms. Uh, and and you will see that it, it it never ends good, and that's always concerning, especially since it's the same narrative over and over and over. I want to be able to protect myself. You may want to as well, um, because the nine one one response isn't isn't great, especially if you live rurally. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have to look very well. You have to look halfway around the world. Remember what they did in Australia a few years back? They confiscated all the guns, destroyed them. Yes. Nobody has a gun in in Australia for the most part. Um, Maybe shotguns if you live out in the wild somewhere and have to protect yourself from all the things that can kill you there. Uh, But they gave up all their guns because they didn't have a Second Amendment. And what happened during the pandemic? Right? Remember that? They they quarantined you to your apartment. You weren't allowed to leave. They completely stripped people of their freedom because the people have no way to voice their resistance to tyrannical governments. And that's always the message of the Second Amendment in the United States. we got to be proud of that. So we'll talk to Patrick Holland from the Missouri Freedom Initiative on that one. Look, Looking forward to that again. He's been on the show before. He's a, he's a smart guy. He's passionate about uh, protecting ourselves. Yeah, it should be good. Also, uh, my friend Keith Hauser is going to join me. I mentioned earlier, got to go on a Greater St. Louis Honor Flight this past week. We're going to talk to him about not only that flight and how awesome it was for the veterans and, and for the volunteers and for me, but how you can help out because they're constantly trying to schedule new flights. And as you can imagine, that is an expensive endeavor, but well worth your money. All that coming up right here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. That's Mark Cox. Carl Middleman is here as well. Pew, pew. And this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory, still featuring the AR Shooters Pack. If you haven't gotten one, it's well worth over $1,100. You can get it for $850 now. It's good stuff. If you don't have an AR, now would be the time to get that, is my is my guess. It's just a guess. <laughs> I think it's a Nothing. good guess, uh, Bo. And great to, <laughs> great to have you back this week, man. Welcome back. Yeah, it is. It is good to be back. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, I've been seeing the headlines, saw the president speak this week about right. uh, the Second Amendment and what he's wanting to try to do. And uh, the one person that came to mind was Patrick Holland, a good Missouri uh, uh, resident and the leader of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. By the way, if you want that air shooters pack, let me just throw it out there. Razorbackarmory.com. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me back. It is good to talk to you guys again. Absolutely. So uh, the last time we talked to you, it was all about SAPA or SAPA, whatever you want to call it. Um, of course, uh, your organization, Missouri Freedom Initiative, is keeping an eye on what's going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, what was your gut uh, reaction when you saw the president speak this week? Well, uh, it, it seems to me that uh, President Biden is starting a campaign to control firearms and is focusing on increasing restrictions on the Second Amendment. He's doing age groups, in my opinion, but uh, all of which are infringement, infringements on the rights as Americans. Right. He has no constitutional authority to do so. This is an important point that most people don't understand. He does not have the constitutional authority to speak in this manner. Congress doesn't have the constitutional authority to act in this manner. Um, but these are violations of our basic rights. Let's not forget that some Republicans crossed the aisle to sign this legislation as well. Well, you know, I here, here's what I don't get about that, uh, Patrick, and great to have you on again, by the way. Um, you, you've you got Republicans who did cross. you got John Cornyn and, and, and Roy Blunt who, who stood up and voted with, uh, on this side, on the, uh, the Senate side, or it never would have become a, bi- a law. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at the end of the day, I, I haven't had Roy Blunt on since this happened. My question for him is going to be, if you were running for re-election— do you believe that a yes vote on this would have represented the people of Missouri? Because there's nothing in here that would have made one iota's difference in any of these mass shootings. That's correct. I agree with that as well. Uh, I would encourage you to ask Roy Blunt that question uh, for a variety of reasons. But I think he needs to answer for this publicly because the people of Missouri overwhelmingly wanted the Second Amendment Preservation Act or SEPA. And Roy Blunt did not reflect that in his role as an elected uh, representative of the people of Missouri and Washington, D.C. Patrick Holland is our guest, and uh, and we've been on uh, with you before, and we always are intrigued by what your people and you are thinking. Um, you know, before we started the show, I, I got to thinking about, okay, in our government, we have two parties mainly, and we are supposed to work together on everything. And we mm-hmm. are hitting a wall on so many things. Um, if we were to look at it as I'm a conservative, Mark's a conservative, you know, there's a conservative mind and there's liberal minds possibly listening. What is acceptable in the conservative mind when it comes to revamping background checks, red flag laws, things like that? I was trying to think, what could we do to work together to appease both parties? That's a difficult question to answer. In fact, I don't think we're ever going to find middle ground on that unless we literally start looking away from the Constitution. 
If we if we uh, ignore the Constitution, I think we can find middle ground. If we uh, embrace the Constitution, there is no middle ground here, in my opinion. So that's a great question. And unfortunately, it is a massive divide between two different ideologies, uh, freedom versus large government control. You know, it's, it's literally that simple in my mind. Or, or Patrick, uh, I would offer up freedom versus people who don't understand how we got our freedoms to begin with. I mean, Correct. that seems to be what it comes down to. When I hear um, Michael Moore floating the idea of a 28th Amendment to basically get rid of the Second Amendment, it makes mm-hmm. me realize you. We, we finally, whatever Ben Franklin said all those years ago about we've given you a republic if you can keep it, uh, the, the, the idea has died. It has. These weren't people, our founding fathers, who invoked the Second Amendment and put it in writing, didn't just come back from a deer hunting trip. They came back from securing a nation, from from That's fighting correct. from fighting the tyranny of a king so we could have freedoms. And, and we're never more than a generation away from losing that, as Ronald Reagan so eloquently pointed out. And, and here we are. We've got a growing number of people in this country who don't understand why— Free people um, need to have the ability to fight back if indeed government grows too large or takes too many of their freedoms away. Right. And, and, and by the way, uh, that's a beautiful statement, by the way. Um, but we should look at the cancerous tumor that this is all based on right now. And that's school shootings, right? I mean, those are definitely a problem. They're tragic. Sure. However, it's because of Biden and others like him that we have gun-free zones in America. People forget about this. The Gun-Free Zone Act, I believe it was instituted in 1990, and it clearly has not helped. A normal thinking person would say, hey, this law doesn't work. Let's remove it, and, and let's encourage teachers who are willing to conceal carry, which is their constitutional right anyway. Sure. Gun-free zones, I think, by the way, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive gun-free zones represent about 90% of all the mass shootings in America are in gun-free zones. And yeah, I, I believe that to be true. Yeah. They're fish-in-a-barrel zones is what they are. You know, it, it and, is. In my, and for law-abiding gun owners, uh, you know, th- you know, where they're trained, uh, if you're in a school setting, uh, resource officers can only do so much because they're just usually one person or two people in a big school. Um, uh, it, it, it's frightening because, you know, I've been watching uh, New York because things happen on the coast and they move towards the middle. And yep. even after uh, the Second Amendment changes were uh, done a couple of weeks ago with the Supreme Court, uh, boy, they have not let up. And they're talking about uh, gun-free zones. I'm thinking, no, you don't understand. That's where you need people trained lawfully uh, to defend, because we all know uh, in the era of uh, defund the police, Mark, I hope you agree that, uh, you know, when you call 911 and they're not there right now, you need to be able to protect yourself and your family. Yes. And and and, and I could go a little bit further. I, you know, since God and religion have largely been removed from the public schools, along with the right to bear arms because they're gun-free zones, All we have left to fill the void is imperfect laws made by man and ideology that can easily confuse children during their formative years. Um, But the conventional wisdom of the left seems to be if we take away gun rights, 
by legislation enacted into law and criminals will follow suit. They will follow the new laws. Well, they're criminals because they didn't follow the law to begin with. And then we gave them this wonderful place they can go and shoot people where they're not going to be shot back at, you know, gun free zones. You know, it's just it's a snake eating its own tail. And we don't look at the crux. You know, we don't look at the cause of the problem, which is gun free zones. We can't talk about that, apparently. Uh, because that's where most of these shootings happen. Well, and well, just think of, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Well, if you think about it, the removal of gun-free zones is a common sense solution to the problem. And it doesn't even enter into the debate, interestingly enough. Well, Uvalde, right? Uh, I'm sure the school was a gun-free yep. zone. Um, yep. When you look at what happened up in Ch- north of Chicago in Highland Park, not only was uh, that a gun-free zone, it was an AR-15 free zone. They had already banned AR-15s <laughs> yep. in Highland Park, and somehow somebody got one through the force field that exists around the city limits and managed to shoot and kill people because it wasn't the gun that did it. It was the idiot, uh, the little punk, who was pulling the trigger. Uh, yeah. And, and th- this never gets through the, the that messaging, that idea, that, that truth – never gets through the mainstream media. They don't care that nothing they would have done or changed could have stopped that from happening. Right. Look at look at it's Japan. Be- Shinzo Abe got yes. shot by a guy who made a gun. Guns, handguns yep. are illegal in Japan. You can't yep, stop another, evil. No, another tragic incident. Yes. Um, absolutely tragic and also uh, avoidable. Um, but because he was surrounded by secret, well, Japanese version of secret service. Yeah, I don't even think they were armed. Yeah. I, it, whatever happened, it, it did not go down very well for, you know, for Abe. And, you know, it's, it, once again, it's just another point, you know, it's another point of contention for, you know, people who literally say guns are bad, but, you know, I, I'd like to say a little, and by the way, I, I'd love to talk, you know, about the gun free zones and everything, but I think we pretty much covered that. But I think it's really important to understand that we have a threat of red flag laws coming from D.C. And I want to talk about, uh, for, and I know I talk about this a lot, and thank you very much for, for working with me on this, but Missouri's SAPA law protects us from this stuff. It really does. We're the only state in the union, gentlemen, that are safe from red flag laws from D.C. or gun laws in general. Now, when they want to, like, for instance, with what Biden just did with age discrimination, basically, when it has to do with owning a firearm, wants to raise the age, much more strict background checks for younger folks and everything. Um, This is something that we have to adhere to with our FFLs in Missouri. Right. So but here's the deal. When it comes to personal transactions, uh, law enforcement uh, literally does not enforce federal law. And if they do, they will be fined. So uh, 18-year-olds, for instance, in Missouri need not worry. You can still purchase a firearm, you know, basically from your dad. You can still purchase one from your brother, you know, or a friend or whatever. You can still do that in Missouri, even though the FFLs may be discriminatory to the point where you can't purchase. So our SAPA law is working. Um, So that's an important point to, to make on this because we're the only state, guys, we, sh- we should have had at least 12 states by now with SEPA, with teeth, but we're still the yeah, only no one. Kidding. 
Patrick Holland is our guest from Missouri Freedom Initiative. Uh, you did mention Michael Moore, and I read that article on uh, Yahoo in the entertainment se- uh, section. Um, his uh, uh, amendment specifically, he says, does not grant any American the right to own any weapon, any weapon. And uh, as uh, Mark has famously said before, uh, the weapon of me being fat is my fork. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, any weapon, that's knife. Is that a rock? Is that everything? Um, it, it, it's just absurd. And, and for the record, when there's a school shooting or a mass shooting like we saw uh, north of Chicago, I would mm-hmm. think every American is horrified by that, especially legal law-abiding gun owners. Would you agree? Yes. Um and in fact, Michael Moore, by the way, is surrounded by security that is very well armed, by the way. He's a hypocrite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, it's that simple. Yeah, and he's surrounded you know, by forks, uh, too, apparently. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently. Uh, actually, gosh darn it, guys, I've actually seen on social media uh, a video of him eating at a restaurant when he was at some sort of protest or rally or something. And the, uh, the, the sheer number of plates in front of him was mind-boggling. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to bring that up because that's an ad hominem attack. But yeah, but at the same is, time, I, no, I pointed hey. out. Oh, hey, that's Patrick, horrible that you did that, Patrick. Let, let oh my me, gosh. Let me get your um, let me get your take on this real quick because I, I brought sure. this up uh, before. I brought it up to an attorney this week. I had on my show as well. Sure. Um, we, we've got to we've got to figure out a way. Like when I look at the this shoot the shooter in in Highland Park. Um, uh, the shooter in Uvalde, they, they've all had run-ins with police. Uh, they've all had made threats to their family or to schools, or the one in Buffalo made a threat to shoot up his school. In my mm-hmm. personal opinion, if those words ever come out of your mouth, you probably should be flagged in the system somehow but our mental health system has failed us we we don't have a we don't have law we've softened the the mental health laws in this country so many years ago it's hard to get somebody committed to an institution um what, yeah. do, would you do you think there's room in this system here somewhere for us to all agree that if that if somebody ever vocalizes the thought that they'd like to shoot up a room full of people or kill their whole family, we should probably just go ahead and decide that individual probably shouldn't be allowed to have a weapon. Yeah, that person definitely needs help. Mental illness is a serious problem in the West right now. I mean, evidenced by many other things other than guns. But, um, you know, even the recent, uh, you know, people being questioned by a Senate Judiciary Committee has been astounding to us, you know, seeing that kind of activity. I agree with you. Um, there's when there's mental issues, you know, basically there's, you know, we should probably take a stronger look, especially if they're making these threats. Um, I hate to bring this up, but you know, you brought up a really good point that these shooters were active on social media and making threats, uh, for months ahead of their actions and their social medias would be shut down about two or three hours after they committed their crime. Right. People like us, the Missouri freedom initiative, our socials are shut down, and all we talk about is uh, using legislation, you know, basically to enforce the Constitution in the state of Missouri. And we get shut down on our socials. I mean, we're jumping from place to place. We've actually had to change our name a few times because of this as well. We're being attacked by Missouri rhinos. Um, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but we get attacked, and we're the guys who work with our, our General Assembly. We work with the individual legislators. We physically go up to Jeff City and sit down and hammer out stuff with these guys. And we get shut down on our socials. Well, these, these incredibly evil people, 
that go into schools and shoot them up are allowed to make threats for months on their socials and they get shut down after they're already dead, you know, and they've already committed their crime. This is really a sad state in America. Well, Patrick Holland, we appreciate your attention on the Second Amendment. I start most every day by doing a Google search on Second Amendment news. And uh, again, uh, very appreciative. Uh, by the word, uh, by the way, uh, wise words from Michael Moore in this article. You don't need a gun. If you're afraid of somebody breaking in, get a dog. So there you go. Yeah, okay, um, gotcha. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Holland, thank you so much. We hope to talk to you again from the Missouri Freedom Initiative. Where can people find you, sir? Sure, at mofree.org, M-O for Missouri, free, F-R-E-E dot org. All right, Patrick we're Holland. Also a big, we're big on Twitter and also on YouTube as well. Sounds great, sir. Thank you. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You guys have a blessed day. We sure will. Uh, good to get him on here. Hey, coming up, I had the honor of a lifetime this past week because I got to tag along on an honor flight with a whole plane load of American patriots and veterans. We're going to talk to my friend Keith Hauser, uh, who is, of course, a big part of that at the uh, at the uh, uh, honor flight here in St. Louis. Coming up on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox here along with uh, Bo Matthews. And I have to tell you, Bo, uh, honor of a lifetime for me this past week. I got to travel with 59 veterans and their guardians and a whole bunch of great volunteers with the Greater St. Louis Honor Flight to Washington, D.C. Um, and it's just, it's hard. I, I talk for a living. And it's hard for me to explain how great this day was. Can I just tell you that? I can't even imagine. Wow. Yep. I I, uh, I know that they've opened it up from just World War II veterans to more. Um, and so at some point, my 78-year-old father, I would love to get him on an honor flight. Well, uh, Because he talks about his military life so much. Well, I know he lives out of town, but maybe my, our guest can explain how that all goes down. He is Keith Hauser. He is, of course, uh, a volunteer with Greater St. Louis Honor Flight, and I believe on the board over there. Keith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for giving me a little bit of time and letting me brag again about this great experience that you gave me uh, on Tuesday. Thank you for that. We were thrilled to have you, Mark, and uh, your recap of it the other day was just amazing. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect, and I, I at some point during the flight on the way back, Keith uh, insisted I get on the on the intercom on the plane and, and address these veterans and i i didn't even feel qualified to do that but I, I was so proud that he gave me that opportunity so i could tell them as somebody who went on this flight who didn't really know what to expect other than the fact that we were going to some of the memorials you just wouldn't believe the outpouring of support for these veterans at every step of the way and keith uh maybe you can kind of tell people a little bit of what goes into making one of these flights happen? You know, we start months ahead of time with screening our veterans, and we've got a huge list to go through from, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're probably finished with our World War II veterans. Um, we, we've flown them. We've got a decent amount of Korean War veterans, and then we've got a lot of Vietnam veterans. And uh, you, you want to make sure that people are, are healthy enough to go 
to one because it is a very long day. And despite the fact we take medical staff, it's so important to know their medical condition, know that their 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 emotions are good, and uh, we take uh, people for that too. And then just the planning, you know. But uh, Rolando, who is the uh, the commander of Honor Flight, the director of operations, he's done 96 of the 98 flights we've gone on. So his experience is, is second to none in the country. So we've got this down to a science, and thanks to his, uh, his leadership and all the years he's put into this, uh, we've got our little check sheets, and we go down through there and make sure the food's on, the transportation and everything. Uh, but there's about 150 volunteers that put a lot of time and effort. And, uh, again, we are volunteers. So it's not like we're doing this to make a buck. We're doing this because we care about these veterans so much. Uh, you know, uh, it, it it always amazes me when a big operation like this happens with, you know, people that are older in, in life. Um, can you lay out what that day looks like? I know it's really early and you come back about eight o'clock at night. <laughs> you mentioned food. When when do you feed everybody and when <laughs> when do you do certain things? Well, you know, our flight uh, takes off about 530 and we serve breakfast at the gate. Um, some very simple breakfast sandwiches and orange juice and water. Then we, uh, we have a ceremony in the plane that recognizes the people that did not come home. That's a very somber uh, mm. ceremony, very moving. And then we get to, uh, to D.C., and we're welcomed by a group of people, hop on the bus. <clears throat> this past week, we had a real, really uh, great bonus that the Lieutenant General Olson, who is the third highest-ranking Marine in the country, he was uh, planning to spend the entire day with us, with one of his, uh, his father-in-law, actually. But he told me right at the gate, he said, look, um, I, I can't go with you. Um, all the three and four stars have been called back to the Pentagon, and I didn't even ask. But uh, wow. anyway, he gets on each and every bus and addresses these people. And just to take his time to do that, I'm sure the man's incredibly busy, um, but he was a fantastic leader. From there, we go to the uh, the Lincoln Memorial where we have a talk. And uh, as, as Mark may say, we really take the time to recognize our Vietnam veterans because of the way that they were welcomed back home. But we're so embarrassed about the way the country treated them. So I go out of my way to make sure that they understand that they are appreciated. And we hope that that erases 50 years of hard memories. And so many of them come up to us at the flight and, uh, and say how much they've been waiting 50 years to hear. Thank you. And that's, that's heartbreaking to hear. We love to be a part of that. And then from there, they have the chance to visit their Korean war memorials, their Vietnam memorials. We spend plenty of time and we go to world war two uh, the middle of the day, we kind of leave up in the air. Sometimes we go to the Martin Luther King Memorial or FDR. Uh, this past week was really hot, so we stayed in the bus to cool people off. Then we go to Navy, Iwo Jima, Arlington for changing the guard, which is a very, very moving experience, and uh, Air Force Memorial for dinner. And and somewhere about Lincoln, we have lunch. So they've got constant water throughout the entire day. And I, I can't give you all the surprises in case the future veterans are listening to this. But uh, we try to shower <laughs> Good them point. all throughout the day with uh, with, with gratitude. Yeah, they, they are showered. I, I will back up what Keith Hauser said there. He's joining us uh, from the Greater St. Louis Honor Flight as one of the many volunteers who make this a special day for these veterans. A gentleman came up to me at some point before we got back on the plane to come home, and he goes, Mark, I just have to tell you, um, what whatever negativity I went through when I came back from Vietnam – today com- more than completely made up for it and i said to him sir i'm i i'm sorry you had to wait so many years to feel that way but you, you guys know, it's I'm, what you do at, at honor awesome. flight to make these guys uh have that kind of feeling when they come back you know i mean i i've been involved with honor flight for a few years and i don't recall exactly the number of flights i've, I've been on that's not important but i was i have been so excited to get our vietnam veterans on board just because of that reason I mean, we even changed one of our hats. Uh, our logo used to have a P-47 World War II fighter on it. 
And now we have merchandise that we give these guys that have a Huey on it. Just to, again, yeah. recognize them and, uh, and really salute them in every way. So it's such a class act. Oh yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's it's fantastic. We we went to Arlington. I'll I'll tell the story real quick, Keith. And we're we're on the bus, and uh, before we we got out there, there were some instructions we had to give: no phones. Uh, it's a very somber occasion. You have to be quiet <clears throat> while you're over there. Um, and and Keith told these veterans. He said, "Now, when when they come out to do the changing of the guard." They're not allowed to acknowledge you. They're not allowed to divert their eyes. They're not allowed to come over and shake your hand or any of that. But they know you're there. And how you'll know they're there is that they have a metal plate on the bottom of their shoe. And as they go past you, they will intentionally drag it on the ground as a sign of respect. And when I I heard that, it sent a chill down my spine, Keith, because that's exactly Mm. what happened. Exactly. And I don't care how many flights you do. You know, when you see the outpouring of support for these guys, it, it can be very emotional if you've been on a thousand flights or your first flight. It's it's a great day. It's such an exciting day. Well, you guys are uh, working on uh, funding your 100th mission. Uh, I'm on your website. Um, and I tell you what, all this takes money. All this takes money to be able to honor our military. Um, let's talk about uh, the fundraising you're doing for that 100th mission. Absolutely. We've got a great fund in need. We're looking for 100 people to give $100, 1,000 people to give $100, because um, these flights are very expensive. They're approximately $100,000 a flight. And uh, we are, are getting everybody to make any kind of cash donation, a small, medium, large. We love to get involved with corporations. We've got a lot of great ones that have helped us out over the years. The public has been incredible. We had a really special uh, mission over the uh, summer a couple months ago where we took a B-25 from World War II out of St. Charles Airport. And we flew uh, seven World War II veterans over the course of three different flights that day. And that was all funded by our gala last year. And uh, the, the public, we can't thank the St. Louis area enough and, and all the people in all the chapters around the country, of course, for really helping us honor these guys. But if you'd love to make a donation, we would love to, uh, to, to accept that. And that, again, is gslhonorflight.org. And any amount really helps. And I think a lot of people, you know, I've, I've got emails after every flight, we get emails from guardians and, and veterans and people. Or people just saw us in D.C. and reached out to say, wow, that was so important. How can we help? Well, here's how you can do it. And uh, and we're thrilled to have the assistance. Well, Keith, I, I do want to mention that uh, early in this uh, conversation, you mentioned that uh, we're losing World War II veterans at a, at a rapid rate. And so the mission yeah. has been moved on to other uh, uh, fields of war or uh, uh, theaters of war, Korean War, Vietnam. Uh, how, how soon do you think uh, the Desert Storm or Desert Shield uh, would be added to that list? Well, thankfully, we heard last year that Congress has funded uh, a memorial for that group as well. That'll take oh, time, wow. of course, to get the land to start construction and design. That's always a very, very long process, as everything is in Washington. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got, uh, we've got several thousand Vietnam veterans. That's going to take us years to get through that list. We took yeah. our very, very first Gulf War veteran this past weekend. And... Uh, uh, you know, under very, very special circumstances. So Honor Flight's not going anywhere. We want to make sure that uh, veterans of all generations uh, are appreciated. And uh, even if that memorial isn't done in time, the uh, the Gulf War or uh, War on Terror, we're going to find a way to get them up there. We're going to make it special for them. We'll figure something out, and uh, hopefully they'll get done sooner rather than later. Well, you you always do, and, and we appreciate 
all that you do. I mean, I, I look up and and I tell you, Bo, all these guys wear uh, the guys and ladies wear y- these bright yellow shirts. All the volunteers yeah. with GSL on flights, you can spot them. So if somebody needs something, they can flag <laughs> some of these people down. There are dozens of them who just volunteer their time uh, completely for free to to take a day out of their their busy work schedules and fly to DC. And they, I think you'll do what five of these this year, Keith? Uh, four. Four. We have okay. two more. Two, yes. You have two left. Okay, good. Uh, so I hope people will donate gslhonorflight.org. And Keith's not going to mention it be- because he, he, in, the, in the scope of what we're doing here, but he's also president of the Patriot Training Foundation. Uh, they provide training for members of the military going to academies. They provide training for local law enforcement on a, in, at a like a 500-acre facility out in Warrington. And you give back in so many different ways, Keith. Uh, buildwarriors.org is that website, and we appreciate what you do, my friend. Thank you. Mark, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to have you on board the other day. It was my honor. It really was. And, and uh, in, if anybody ever gets an opportunity to do that or volunteer, I would highly recommend it. And as I understand, uh, Mark's got to change his resume now to photographer. Yeah, yeah I, I got to go along as a photographer, but I uh, didn't compare to Carl Lund or Rob or any of the other guys who were there, right? <laughs> that's, that's great. You can tell that from the Facebook page where I put up all the photos. Hey, Keith, thank you so much. Thank you so much, my friend. It's my pleasure. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Keith Hauser there. Uh, GSLHonorFlight.org is the website. Wow. It was something. Love else. that program. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've I, I've never conducted an interview for Honor Flight without getting chills, and that just happened again. It, it happened. It happened to me uh, as well, for sure. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us for Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors this week, Bo. Great to have you back. All right, buddy. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody, and uh, see you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.